part of Double P Media, doublepmedia.com. Today, we discuss the Wheel of Time. Busting Blockbusters, where we look at all kinds of franchises and break them down for you. This time, again, we are returning to the Wheel of Time. We're going to talk about the music that we might hear in the Wheel of Time, because at the same time that the trailer was released, we also learned that someone who I am very familiar with as a composer, Lauren Balf, is going to be composing for the series. And more on that in a minute, but remember, if you have any thoughts about any big franchise, really, but especially regarding what we're covering in the podcast, feel free to tweet at BustBlockbuster. I know we say we're busting blockbusters, but our Twitter is only at BustBlockbuster. Just string it all together. Send me your thoughts. I want to hear from you. The more we share what you have to say in our podcast then the more we might hear from other people. Another way you can help this community grow is to find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. Also, if it's possible, leave written reviews. You can find links for all of this at the podcast website, which is our delightfully dreadful podcast site. It's dreadfulpodcast.wordpress.com. Or you can find information regarding all of the podcasts that I do at mattsaudioblog.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog.com. Also, you can send emails to this podcast by submitting emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com. That's mattsaudioblog at gmail.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. This podcast will be nothing but crazy thoughts from me and occasionally a guest or two unless we hear from sane people like you. So please participate. Okay, back to what we're talking about today. Today we are talking about Lorne Balfe. He's a composer that you may know from His Dark Materials. He's done the first two seasons of that. Uh, He also participated in composing for the first two seasons of The Crown on Netflix. You may know him from composing for movies like Mission Impossible or Black Widow in the MCU franchise. For the last couple of years, he's been very hot in Hollywood. He's been doing a lot of things for a lot of big productions, so it's very exciting to have him on this Wheel of Time project, at least for the first season. And you may be saying, well, Matt, that's all well and good, but What does that mean? Well, what it means is that we're going to get some epic composing to go along with probably some epic pictures based on everything that we saw in the trailer. And Lauren's approach generally is something that is very interesting. Now, when I talk about music on this podcast, I will use primarily four key things 
timbre, meaning the instruments that are played. Melodic shape, meaning how high and how low the notes go and distances in between notes and things like that. Harmony, which is what adds an emotional context to any kind of melody. Basically, a harmony consists of two or three notes put together in order to create a musical mood, so to speak. And rhythm, and that means how fast the beats are played together or how they subdivide the way we count and the way we feel the music. Today, though, because I don't really have an idea of what Lauren is going to be composing exactly as of yet, I'm going to be looking primarily at what I consider to be a conceptual style of his. Incidentally, I communicate with Mr. Balf pretty often. He's a great friend of the Dust podcast that Holly and I also do for the Double P that covers his dark materials, and he's been a great friend to the podcast over there. And I recently just reached out to him with a DM on Twitter from that podcast handle, congratulating him for, you know, landing the Wheel of Time show. And his comments were, many thanks. This show will blow you away. So that's encouraging. When Lauren is excited to be working on a project, it usually means it's going to be pretty good. And his music will undoubtedly make it better. But how will he make it better? Well, one of the things conceptually that Lauren Balf does is he tends to write his stuff for characters. Now, naturally, a composer has to adjust themselves to whatever a director or a showrunner is specifically looking for. So we can't guarantee that he'll do this. But a good deal of Lauren Balf's writing has been about writing themes that identify with specific characters in order to help narrate the story musically. Something else that Lauren Balf does is each of those themes that he writes for characters, he tends to write with a sense of duality. And what I mean by that is that the melodies and the harmonies work together in a single theme, but they can also work apart from each other. You can just play the melody and put a different harmony underneath, or you can just use the harmony and sometimes put a different melody over the top. But again, the central thing is how he's using it with a particular character most of the time, especially in his dark materials. And I'm going to get to an example of that in just a second. But this way, he has two elements that he can work with to help narrate the story musically. If he wants you to know that it's the character, but it's in a totally new situation, they might take the melody by itself and put a totally different harmony underneath it, which gives it a different kind of emotional or narrative context. Sometimes, if he doesn't want to just flat out announce that this is about this particular character, he might subtly tell you that it, this scene is about the character by merely using the harmonies from that character's theme. And I'm going to give you an example here from his Dark Materials where Ruth Wilson's character, Mrs. Coulter, has a very identifying theme that we hear in the first three episodes, pretty much as it sounds here.
rhythmically, it's a little playful on the top. Melodic shape, it's kind of flat. Doesn't really go to a whole lot of places. Harmony bounces back and forth between major and minor. And when we say major, we mean things that are lighter or hopeful or less serious. And minor is usually serious or sad or angry. And because it bounces back and forth between those kinds of chords, we get a sense that this is a very complex character that he's writing this theme for. And that's the way the Mrs. Coulter theme is established. And as we know in His Dark Materials, Mrs. Coulter is a complex character. But as the series goes on, what we find out is that the duality of this, where he can separate the melody from the harmony and use them in different instances, tells us different things about Mrs. Coulter or the situation that she's in. And that's how his duality does the narrative. For instance, there may be times in his dark materials where you only hear the melody part. It may be on its own, or it may be with some different kind of harmony underneath because we're seeing the scene dictate a different kind of emotional context or narrative, and he uses a different harmony to make us feel that way about Mrs. Coulter. And then, of course, there are some times throughout the course of the His Dark Materials series that we hear just the harmony from Mrs. Coulter's theme. This part. And sometimes when you just hear the harmony, it's the illusion that she's coming. Or maybe somebody else is talking about her and she isn't even in the scene. These kinds of things give a clue as to who the other characters are talking about. Or sometimes in the case of a scene where you have three or four big characters in the same scene, you just hear those harmonies so that you understand who is dominating the scene or who is being affected most by the scene. So the duality is a great tool. When he writes things, almost everything that he does in his Dark Materials has a duality where the harmony and the melody can be used apart. Will he do this in The Wheel of Time as well? Well, I think conceptually the duality will probably work no matter what the director or showrunner want. However, we're going to have to find out whether he does things based on character or conceptually, like based on a situation or those kinds of things once we get the series. But I just wanted to give you this little bit of a preview regarding the kind of approach that our composer may be taking. By the way, Lorne Balfe is very interactive with his fans. He always has a lot of fun with people when one of the shows that he's been working on comes on. He's usually much more active on Twitter. I recommend that you follow him at Lorne Balfe on Twitter. L-O-R-N-E-B-A-L-F-E on Twitter. He's very kind. He'll answer any questions that you have. Just the fact that we follow each other through the Dust podcast uh, shows that he's very tolerant of people because it's hard to be tolerant of me and my questions sometimes. Speaking of questions, don't forget, you can tweet to me with any questions you have regarding the music or the Wheel of Time series or what have you by tweeting to at Bust Blockbuster on Twitter. That's at Bust Blockbuster. And that's how you find me. Or you can send emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com. M-A-T-T-S audioblog at gmail.com. 
Don't forget that we're part of the Double P Podcast Network. Not all of my things will show up on their YouTube, but a lot of them will. If you want to find out more about what they're covering right now, and boy, they're covering a lot. They're covering Only Murders in the Building. Uh, Bubba and Catfish are covering Why the Last Man, the FX Hulu series. You're going to want to stay on top of all of that, so please follow at the word double, the letters PHQ on Twitter. The Double P family of podcasts is a whole group of us that just like to get together and promote each other as well. Uh, but it is founded by our founder, Bubba. What a great name for a founder, right? Uh, but follow at the word double, the letters PHQ. That's the word double, the letter P for podcast, HQ for headquarters. You can find them there on Twitter and on Instagram. And they also have a Facebook page that I'd like you to check out. Facebook.com slash the word double, the letters PHQ. Check out everything that they're doing. And thanks for listening to this brief podcast. This is Matt, by the way. See you later.